Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I hey, like to play with coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very Ladies and gentlemen of Steeler Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Hangover, the Behind the Steel Curtain day after call-in radio show. I'm Jeff Hardman, editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. With me, as always, my good friend Brian Anthony Davis. How's it going, Brian? Hello, Jeff. It's, uh, it might be 40-some degrees here, but the sun is definitely shining. Even though it's 9 o'clock at night, the sun is, the sun is shining in my house tonight. You're not alone in that one. And, folks, if you're listening live and you want to be a part of the show, you can call in. It's 347-850-8581, 347-850-8581. And, as always, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the best criminal attorney in western Pennsylvania and northern West Virginia. You can visit his website at frankwalkerlaw.com. We'll hear more from him later on. A lot to talk about. There's a lot of news going on right now. I'm not sure if you heard, Brian, but they're a Week 12 opponent. Now, everyone knows the Steelers have a short week coming up. They beat the Browns 24-9 on Sunday. We're going to talk about that. They have only four days to prepare, really only two practices, so they have to get on a flight, head to Indy to play the Colts. News coming out just before the show, about two hours prior to the show, maybe a little bit more than that, Adam Schefter of ESPN reports that Andrew Luck is now under the NFL's concussion protocol. Uh, And so his availability for the Thursday night game against the Steelers is very much in question. That is a big situation to watch and we'll talk about that but as again get your calls in 347-850-8581 all right brian knee-jerk reaction what did you think about the game on sunday well you know what a win is just a win you gotta get it it's been 42 days since we have been able to celebrate a win it has been that long so you know you gotta take it and uh, you wrote an article about style points where they're not necessary at this point. I agree with that completely. You're just going to take that W and move on and uh, hope it continues. You know, that, that's absolutely right. Now, I say that not because I wrote the article, because obviously that's the way I feel, but uh, also with the fact that, you know, if the Steelers would have lost that game, I'm talking if the Steelers would have somehow found a way to lose. And that score of 24-9 is very deceiving. It was closer oh, yeah. than that. It was 17-9 to 9 up until the fourth quarter. McCown had, had created some, some action there. And I actually sat there thinking to myself, them taking out Cody Kessler was the worst thing they could do. Cody Kessler looked like a deal in the headlights, 
like you normally see from a rookie facing their physical defense, which, by the way, the Steelers' defense has been playing very fast, very physical the last two weeks. That has to continue, and we're going to get to that. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. But the thing is, is that I asked everyone, and I said this in the article, I asked everyone that I knew, my parents, my, you know, my, my brother, co-workers that were Steelers fans, we asked this question on the standard of the standard last week. I asked Lance, I said, does how they win matter? Do they have to dominate the Browns? And everyone almost said, I think only one person said, yes, it does matter. Everyone else said a resounding no, just win the game. Because that one win, super significant, that one win was end your streak, four-game streak on. You're now on a one-game winning streak. You're back to 500. You've won on the road against a sub-500 team. That's something that they don't do very well. The road win, division win, and it puts them back in the driver's seat in the AFC North, which, let's be honest, that's kind of like the, the Steelers pass the postseason. It's a one-way street. It's the AFC North. They have to win the division. They'll host a home game, and then they'll be on the road for after that. But I like to think that the Steelers, to me, they showed something. They showed a lot of things, actually. You know, I was thinking about this for an article, possibly. The Steelers coaching staff, which gets bombarded with hate on a weekly basis, I thought they did a great job. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how, why I thought they did a great job. One of them is um, the personnel that was put on the field. Most people, I read an article uh, about this at the, towards the end of last week about Sean Davis potentially being the, the next starter at safety. He was the starter at safety. He played in 100% of the defensive stats. Robert Colton only played in, I want to say, four at the most six. Mike Mitchell came off the field for a brief stint, and he went on in his stead. Sean Davis is now on the field as a starter. Okay, so they're putting players out there. Javon Hargrave played a lot. L.T. Walton played a lot. They're putting guys out there saying, you know what, prove it. Go out and play. And it's paying off. It's paying off. Artie Burns with another interception on Sunday. I loved how they moved players around. And I'm not focused mainly on the defense because, let's be honest, that's, that's really where the Steelers' attention needs to be at this point in time. Stephon Tua was moved up and down the line of scrimmage, uh, really moving him around. Uh, they dropped uh, – Jarvis Jones in the coverage a ton. And Lawrence Timmons was rushing off the edge, and he was successful doing that. That was good to see. 
a lot of scheme changes. It just seems to me like they're trusting the players a little bit more. And for me, that was all part of those eight sacks. Now, everyone's going to say, you know, put an asterisk by it because it's the Browns. I don't care. They're NFL, it's an NFL team. They have NFL players. They're not a college team. A college team cannot beat the Cleveland Browns. It's just not the way it works. Honestly, I look at this game, and I was very happy. I was very – for a lot of reasons. I loved how the defense stood tall when they had to. I didn't like how the offense sputtered in the second half, but what you saw in the first half was just a grinded-out, gutty performance by the offense and the offensive line. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the the, uh, the coaching staff? Uh, do you agree with my sentiment? Do you disagree a little bit? Was there anything that bothered you about the game? Well, as far as player personnel goes and the way they handled this game, I did like it. I uh, I felt so much better about that. I'm not going to let the coaching staff completely off the hook because um, flat out, the way they handled the uh, end of the first half problem for me and I know it resulted in seven points exactly what is desired but they got lucky on it and then they got lucky again and then they got lucky again and it just so happens that it seems to me and I don't want to go on the Tomlin bashing because I'm excited about a win but it seemed to be the same type of situation last week with the four two-point conversions especially the second one that most people disputed the second two-point conversion last week against Dallas, it seems to me it's Mike Tomlin saying, I'm going to prove it to you I can do it. I'm going to prove it to you we're going to do it. And uh, that, that's the way it felt for me. And I was very disillusioned right at halftime when that happened. Even though Le'Veon Bell scored, I, I didn't clap at that point. I was just like, you know what? I just felt like it was a problem. But the bottom line to it is it is a win. I don't care about style points. I don't care about an asterisk because here's the thing. The Baltimore Ravens played and beat the Cleveland Browns twice this year. That's two of their wins. They get them because they're in the same division with them. They get that luxury. We get that same luxury as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We get to play the Browns twice, and we need to have those games. The Patriots play Patsies. Every team plays that bottom feeder in the division. So it doesn't matter. Style points, I'm going to say it over and over again, doesn't matter. It's like playing charades with your dog. You're not going to put it in the Christmas newsletter, but a good time is still had by all. So that's the bottom line to the whole thing. It doesn't matter who it is. You hit it on the head. It's an NFL team. When we're back on course. You lose that game, the players are going to pack it in. The fans are going to pack it in. 2016 is over if they lose that game, and we talked about it last week. They didn't. Now, game on. We're back where we need to be, and the division title is in sight, and a home playoff game is in sight. They just have to take care of business week after week, and they're back. The coaching staff did a better job, yes, but there's still some demons floating around there. We'll discuss them later. I'm going to forget about those demons. We're going to put them aside. And we're just going to focus on that big win, Jeff. Well, you know, I wanted to talk about it. You brought it up. I'm sure our callers are going to want to talk about this, too. And if you want to call in, you can, 347-850-8581. The decision at the end of the half. Now, at first, I'm watching the game thinking this is stupid. Just take your points. Points are going to be at a premium because of the weather. Take your points, go in halftime. You get the ball after the half. 
Now, Mike Tomlin was adamant in his post-game press conference as well as his press conference today stating that the fact that they got the ball after halftime, and it had nothing to do with, uh, with his decision. Now, the optimists in the crowd, like myself, are going to say, well, this shows in a massive amount of trust in two different groups. It's a trust in your offense to get the play done and a trust in your defense that, you know what, we're going to gamble here. We have, excuse me, we have a six-point lead, and we're going to gamble, and if we don't get it, you're going to hold the fort, and six points is going to be enough. That's what the optimists are going to say. The pessimists are going to say, this guy is, like you said, just trying to prove a point. He's just trying to say, you know what, we can do it, and I'm going to prove it to you. Regardless, they got the job done. I know that it wasn't pretty, but the, you, you, what you forgot, Brian, you said it was the seven points. That was actually eight points because he forgot. I was about ready to pull my hair out based on the fact that they not only scored the touchdown, but then they went for the two-point conversion and actually were successful in the two-point conversion. So that was uh, oh, David Johnson's very nifty, very nifty one-handed catch over the middle. Um, so the risky style of play, but you know what I like? I really like it. As everyone's going to say with it on the road and all this garbage, I really like Ben Roethlisberger against the Indianapolis Colts defense in a dome on Thursday night, okay? And, you know, the AFC North, you're playing in the cold. It's November, December football. It's, it's always cold and windy, and there's no escape between Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore. There's no escaping it. And so for Thursday night, on Thanksgiving night, and we'll talk about the demons that, that lie there, they get, a, they get a dome game. And so I think that this offense is going to get ready to roll. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. So uh, let's get our first caller on the air. He's our Hall of Fame caller. He calls in every week. My computer will work here. There we go. Vito Mankin from New Jersey. How's it going, Vito? Gentlemen, good evening. It was a great win yesterday. I really liked the performance on both sides of the ball. I think it was a great, safe, conservative call with uh, Todd Haley. And I think I was reading your article yesterday on Behind the Steel Curtain about running all over the all over the Browns, and that's exactly what they did. They gave it to Le'Veon about, what, 25, 28 times yesterday he carried it? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. So, I mean, you know, and you know what? It really was a pretty bad day weather-wise. I mean, it was colder than probably what what they thought it would be, even though the temperature were at 39 degrees with those winds. It was probably in the 20s, so it was a really cold day. And I think you saw a few times when Ben let the ball go. It sailed over Antonio Brown's head, I think, or, or another receiver besides him. So you could clearly see the winds were definitely dictating what kind of game plan they were going to have. So the running game definitely helped them a lot. I mean, but the only negative out of all this, Jeff, and uh, nine-minute drives and only coming away with three points. So we we clearly see that the weakness right now is that we don't have a number two receiver that we can really count on yet. And with Haywood Bay out, and Wheaton being out for the rest of the season, which was a shock to me that his shoulder didn't heal, it's a little bit of a concern going down the stretch, only because, you know, we faced a team that's really not that great yesterday, and we had a tough time getting TDs on them. Yes, we came away with a win, which is a positive. Yes, we came away with points because we moved the ball on them. Really good. My only concern, of course, is what do we do as the weeks go on, who's going to be the one that steps up and helps us? Now, the other thing is when we went for the two-point conversion, we made that seem like with no problem. But yet when it came to those opportunities in the end zone, we couldn't get a TD. So that was really my only concern in the whole game. But I liked everything else about it. I thought the defense 
did a great job putting a lot of pressure and getting those sacks and just getting some confidence, which will take him into this week, Thursday. Um, but what are your thoughts on that with the number two being an issue? And that's something I guess I always keep going back to since the beginning of the year, always saying how badly they're going to miss a guy like Emmanuel Sanders because, you know, we thought Wheaton would be that guy, and we could clearly see he's not that guy. Now we got a little bit of a hole. Well, you know, Vito, you bring up a good point, and it, it also ties into the red zone issue. Um, but they do lack a number two receiver, and everyone thought, like you said, it was going to be Marcus Wheaton. And that didn't pan out. Everyone thought it was going to be Sammy Coates. Like Tomlin says in his press conference today, he has two broken fingers. He just can't. He can't finish the catch that well. His hands aren't as strong. I mean, naturally, I mean, if you've ever broken a finger, that's very painful. Catching a football can't be easy. So who knows how long he's going to be dealing with those issues, but he's not ready for that. And then Darius Hayward Bay, we're looking at speed guys now, guys that can take the top off the defense and really draw some defensive attention. And when you lose that, you're looking at Eli Rogers, Kobe Hamilton. They just don't have it. So they're going to have to be creative, and Todd Haley's going to have to be creative, and how they mixed up the run in the past, but what you saw against Cleveland was what they should be focusing on almost on a daily, on a weekly basis, and that is focusing on the run. You asked about Le'Veon Bell. He ran the ball 28 times for 146 yards in the touchdown. That's an average of 5.2 yards to carry. That is tremendous offensive line play. And Le'Veon Bell's tremendous, but he's only going to go as far as the offensive line will take him. But this also ties into the red zone issues that they're having. In my opinion, when they get into the red zone and the field gets shortened, they're way too heavy on the pass, and you think to the, when they're on the one-yard line or the half-yard line, whatever it may be, with an untimed down at the end of the half, and they're trying to just put points on the board and then try to get a touchdown, the first two attempts that they have, they're throwing the football. Now, thankfully, they were flagged on both occasions, and then on the third try, they ran the ball with on Bell and got in, but that's saying something to me about what you think about the offensive line, that they don't get the, they don't have the push to get on Bell arguably doing the best running backs in the National Football League, Le'Veon Bell, who rarely ever gets pushed backwards, they can't get a yard. That says something to me. I think that if I'm Todd Haley and we're watching film, I'm saying, you know what, guys, in the red zone, we can't abandon the run like we have been. I think that's a huge problem for the Steelers. And the red zone, typically, they're typically very, very good. And they were very good against Dallas. I think they were 4-4 four for four against the Cowboys. The problem is that this game they struggled. Dallas, they struggled with two-point conversions. You have to be creative. We're at that point in the season where you have to be creative. Brian, what did you think about the uh, the red zone issues, and then what receiver do you think might step up in that number two spot? Well, you know what? I uh, The red zone, I was thinking of the same thing, Vito. You know, just just the fact that two 16-play drives and all that time off the clock just being six points, it was it was disappointing. And uh, But that you hit it on the head. It, it's the receiver's the problem and you know it's not Antonio Brown and Eli Rogers is a good player and I'm not too worried about him but there's just not depth there so uh, Darius Hayward Bay you need to see him come back and you almost need to go on the outside I'm sure I'm sure Colbert is looking around right now you know what I mean this is going to sound a little bit crazy I'd actually place a call to Andre Johnson right now and say hey I'm going to come back for a little bit of a run right at the end of the season uh for uh, about six more weeks, could you come back, come out of retirement? And that, I mean, that's probably not going to happen, but I'd probably consider it. But the two guys in-house that you have to look at right now are not receivers per se, but it's two guys that are going to have to step up 
and uh, be and be there for Ben Roethlisberger and Jesse James and Ladarius Green. Now those guys, I mean, Jesse James was uh, he had one catch that I could remember yesterday, but he he almost seemed non-existent um, in the passing game. Um, Ladarius Green, he had he had that dropped and then went out. But those are the two guys that really need to step up right now and uh, become available while uh, while there's a problem with wide receivers. Because we're not going to see Wheaton back now that he's on an injured reserve. And uh, Hayward Bay can only do so much. Sammy Coates going to get those fingers healthy. Uh, Sammy Coates is going to is going to play, but he's not going to get the ball thrown to him. But I'm wondering, Jeff and Vito. In this situation, do you just uh, right away throw a long ball to him and uh, just take your chances just to keep the defense honest? Even if it bounces off his hands, go for it early just to let him know that, hey, we're going to this guy. And uh, to maybe leave Antonio Brown alone just a little bit enough that that he could, uh, he could get loose more. So what do you think about that? I think it's a good idea. Personally, I think they should give it a shot. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Vito. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you've got to try it. Or the other option, like you said, is if it doesn't work, then maybe it's not a bad idea for Colbert to go out and look at somebody because, you know, we really we need somebody there. We need a veteran presence in there. And look how badly we miss Martavis Primer. And now, one of the plays, yes, I don't know if you guys noticed, that didn't get called was the Hayden play where he grabbed – Brown's jersey, and they missed that. I don't know how the hell they missed that, because if he doesn't grab him, there's a good chance that Brown's got that ball inside the red zone. I don't know if you remember one of the last throws that Ben threw. Was it the third quarter, maybe even the beginning of the fourth quarter, where Hayden grabbed his jersey? I think Brown had a step on him, yeah. and the refs didn't call it. Yeah. You yeah. call that play. It's a game-changer right there. But the def- yesterday was a good day with the defense saved the day because they realized the offense wasn't able to do much more after they did what they did and the defense stepped up big time and came up with that huge forced fumble that they were able to take back for a TD which is a great game changer to give us a little cushion and then that from there on out you knew the game was over but if you think about it, all the times they got to the red zone yes there was four trips if they get two TDs and two field goals it's 20 points right there it's a totally different game so let's see what happens I mean, look, still a lot of positiveness, and like you guys said, they are still an NFL team, and even though they're 0-10, they're still going to compete. They're still going to play all out. They're still going to try to give their all. I mean, these guys get paid too, so they got to try to play the best they can. So I'm sure they're going to give you their best effort. Absolutely. So, uh, well, Vito, thanks for phone calls. Always, we appreciate it. Gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy too, Thanksgiving yeah. to you too. So the phone lines are open, 347-850-8581. If you want to call in, that number again is 347-850-8581. You know, you, you talk about this team and, and where they're headed and where they could be headed. A win Thursday night would be huge on a lot of different levels. The Pittsburgh Steelers have moved to 6-5 and five of the victory. They really put pressure on the Baltimore Ravens, who hold the head-to-head tiebreaker due to their head-to-head victory over the Steelers a few weeks ago. I don't know, though. I mean, Thursday's going to be an interesting game. The Thanksgiving demons for the Steelers are very real. Uh, you think back to the, I want to say, Brian, was it 94? Or was it, no, I'm sorry, it was 98? 
98, yes, 98 when Jerome Bettis in Detroit, the, it was he and Carnell Lake after the coin toss and the famed flip, which he said heads, no, he said tails. They ended up losing the football game, ruined our Thanksgiving. That was a day game, mind you, folks. Then you go back to 2013 where, was it 2013 or 2014? 2013, when um, the famous Jacoby Jones return with Mike Tomlin on the field in Baltimore, which Emmanuel Sanders drops the two-point conversion, and they lose that game. That was the game where Le'Veon Bell was concussed. That game was weird. It's a really weird game. Yeah, that was... Uh, and so they... That was a strange game. But, but so, so now they have to exercise some demons, I think. Not only on Thursday night, they have to play well on Thursday nights, but uh, also on Thanksgiving night. What are your thoughts about this game? The Steelers are actually early favorites. I'm sure if Andrew Luck is out for the game, they'll even be even heavier favorites. What are your thoughts about this game moving forward? Because it's the Browns. I understand that. So let's talk about the game coming up. What do you think? Well, you know what? I, I have a lot of thoughts about this game, but back to the Thanksgiving demons, there's two more that I could remember in my lifetime. The first one I remember, I was so excited. I was probably about 11 years old. It was 1983. They were playing in Detroit, and they lost. They were actually a playoff team that year. They ended up going to the playoffs and winning the division, but they they just got destroyed by the Detroit Lions that year. And then it was 1991, losing to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, where uh, Emmett Smith just ran all over them. And it just wasn't – I mean, I've never seen them perform very well on Thanksgiving Day. So I'm thinking that this is the year that they break that Thanksgiving Pittsburgh curse. And uh, I'm thinking a lot of things about this game. I'm thinking that that game against Cleveland could be a turning point for the season. Not erase everything that happened the last four weeks, but sort of alter history. Actually, about – alter the season completely. Now you know, okay, you're off the snide, you're off that losing streak, now we can move forward, and there's a lot of positives. I know I brought up some negatives earlier. Now I'm thinking about the positives and where they can go. You know, a win like that is going to rejuvenate a team, especially a defense that just lost arguably their best player and arguably their leader on defense in Cam Hayward. So guys stepped up. And one of the guys that stepped up and, and announced that he was a leader of that team was Stefan Tuitt. Another one who stepped up and announced that I am going to be a leader of this team again was none other than Lawrence Timmons. And uh, you mentioned him coming, uh, coming off the edge. Wow, he was dynamic yesterday. That was the most dynamic I've seen Lawrence Timmons in a while. He was actually dominant in that game. And Tuitt was absolutely dominant. We saw what we we saw what we know all along. I mean the caveat of if he's healthy, Shazier is one of the best players on the field. And yesterday he was one of the best players on the field. That team was hitting, they were swarming, they had eight sacks the first time in I believe two thousand five was the last time against the the Cleveland Browns. In two thousand five they had eight sacks. So, you know, they matched that. So that that team announced yesterday, especially the defense, they said, look, we're back. We're not as bad as you say we are, and we're going to prove it. So, you know, that's a good thing. And they're going to Indianapolis where they haven't played well 
on the road against teams that have just been, you know, slightly under par, and they just beat one. Well, they beat a team that's way under par. But, you know, the bottom line to it is the fact that they're back on, on track. This is a possibility of playing a team that will not have their quarterback. You always want to play a team at their best. But with this concu- the way the concussion protocol goes, on a short week, that's going to be pretty tough to get a guy back in and ready for Indianapolis to have Andrew Luck playing quarterback on Thursday night. Jeff, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the protocol is built really for a, a full week. Because really typically when a player enters the protocol, they have to go in and they take a baseline test, and then they're constantly tested after that. And even after they pass the protocol, there's a process for them practicing and how they have to get themselves back. And then if they're good to go by game day, then they're allowed to play. Well, the problem is, is that he entered the protocol Monday evening. Now, that's when it was reported. I'm sure it was, early. It was Monday at some time. But he came into work on Monday and was talking about symptoms. And so that's when he entered the protocol. But they shut him down. So he's definitely not – I mean, he might be at the facility today – but he's not going to practice t- uh, Tuesday. Wednesday's their last practice. Thursday's the game. I have a hard time believing if the NFL is going to say that they're going to hold their teams accountable to the protocol, how they could let Andrew Luck play, I really find that hard to believe, how they would even let him do that. I don't think Andrew Luck's going to play in this game. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize for that, and the Steelers aren't going to apologize. Last year, Andrew Luck did not play in that game in, in Heinz Field. It was on Sunday Night Football, in which he tells when Jarvis Jones had the interception. Matthew Hasselbeck was in the game. Um, and they blew him out. Uh, and they, the Steelers blew him out. And so sometimes you get those breaks. I don't think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to apologize next week when A.J. Green and Gio Bernard are not going to be in the lineup for the Bengals. They're just not going to do it because why? That's just who they're playing. It's whoever's out there they're going to play against and I mean, people are going to say, well, we want them at their best. You know, BS. They just win the game. When, when you look back on the season, if the Steelers win on Thanksgiving night, no one's going to look back and say, well, you know, that was that game where Andrew Luck didn't play. I'm not really going to count that as a win. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, you know what, that's a win. Yeah, Luck might not have been in the game, but that win might have been the win that's, you know, kind of kicked him into gear, and now then they went on and, and rattled off three or four more straight. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out, but the, the Indianapolis Colts' weaknesses are the offensive line and their defense. I like the Steelers matching up against their defense. And the question would be, whoever's the quarterback, can they get to the quarterback? Because T.Y. Hilton, they've got other weapons. Frank Gore still a great running back. And uh, we're going to talk about that in, in depth on Wednesday on the show, The Standard is the Standard. Uh, but it'll be interesting. It'll Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. 
bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Yeah, so we have another caller here. Let's get this person on the air. 347-605-7473. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. What's up, guys? This is Ken from New Jersey. How you doing? Hi, Ken. What's going on, man? Hey, good. I'm just, just joining in the call. Um, I just want to make a statement about the game yesterday. Um, it felt felt weird watching it. Um, I was like, I think, I think they're going to win. <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, definitely good to be back on this side. Um, I, I know there'll, there'll be a lot of made about, you know, the lack of, um, I guess, taking advantage of the red zone opportunities for the offense. I think that the game plan was a good one. It was a good – it showed that they, they were able to adjust and not just this is what we do, let's air it out, Um you know, let's throw to these, you know, like whatever they've been doing before that's just not really looking at where we're at in the moment. I think they were more in the moment. And I think early in the season, part of the problem was um, they were just maybe looking past teams or just looking at the big picture, 30 points a game, rather than just being in the moment. So in that moment, Ben could not throw deep 15, 20 yarders all the time. He had to play, play it by the wind. Um, the game plan for Le'Veon Bell was excellent. And I think it was a big game for the running game and the defense. So even though the offense and the aerial attack didn't have the normal success that it normally has, uh, for the run, it was a big game for the running game and for the defense. Uh, the defense is a lot of, you know, feast of famine there, but I, I thought it was a good display and a, a confidence booster, um, something that they can just look at at every rep and everything that they're doing. And, hey, we did our job. We, we can cross this off and get them used to making the right decision from play to play. So I thought that was uh, my big takeaway from the game. Well, yeah, I agree with you 100%. To me, you watch as a fan, you watch enough football, I feel like there are some games that I call them get-right games, games that, you know what, you're good. you're supposed to go out, you're supposed to win, but – it's more about that. It's more about some of those weaknesses, standing up and being strengths in a game. It's about getting right. And I think that's exactly what you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the running game. The offensive line just opening up holes. It was tremendous to watch. But ultimately, I mean, it was a get-right game for the pass rush. I mean, they only had 13 sacks coming into this game. They add eight to it. 
and that, that's going to give them a little bit of confidence. It's going to give them a little bit of a swagger. I don't think they're going to go in thinking they're the 2008 Steelers, but I think it's going to give them the confidence to be able to go out and do it. When you lose four games in a row, doubt it tends to creep into your mind, and you're thinking, "Holy oh, geez, are we going to, well, like, what's going on? Like, why can't we run the ball when we want to? Um, why are we struggling to not get to the quarterback? All those things start to creep into your mind, and the Steelers played well in a lot of areas. And so I think a lot of fans are so negative about, well, it's the Browns, and it was closer than it should have been, yet this, that, or the other. This was a good win for the team. I, I agree with you. What, what do you think, Brian? Do you think that it was a get-right game? Yeah, it was definitely a get-right game. And it was a get-confidence game, like you said, for three guys in particular. Javon Hargrave had a sack, fumble recovery, and a touchdown. That was huge for him. Going forward for Javon Hargrave, now that he has that under his belt, I mean, he's playing tougher. He's playing harder, and he's he's tasted it. You know he's going to want to taste it again. It was a get-right and a get-confidence game for Artie Burns, who is improving every single week. And another interception and some uh, some pass defenses for him. A big deal. And it was a get-confidence game for a guy that the fans have maligned a little bit in Sean Davis, especially for the fact that he had that big penalty last week against Dallas that helped lose that game. He did not get a touchdown and a fumble recovery yesterday, but in my mind, he did. It doesn't count on the stats, but he still did it. He got into into the end zone, and he felt that and tasted it. He's going to want it more. Those guys are growing on defense, and they're going to be leaders of this defense in years to come. So it's nice to see that those guys improving every single week, and they needed that game. I heard an interview with Sean Davis after the game in the locker room, he was elated. He was elated for one of his best friends on the team, Javon Hargrave, and he was elated for the fact that they played well and they got right. So, yeah, it was huge for that team. And you're definitely right, Ken. The running game, that was a perfect game for them. The game plan was right. They got that, that running game back on track, which it had been struggling the last couple of weeks against Dallas and against Baltimore. It was a good plan, especially when you have the fact that you have a double and triple coverage every single time on Antonio Brown and the wide receiver woes. Le'Veon Bell stepped up. He looked good. And that was, they needed that game to get right. So I don't care about whether it was Cleveland, whether it was the little giants from the 1994 Rick Moranis awful movie. I don't care who it was. (laughs) I, I, I don't care who they played. They needed that win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> when you have veterans and young guys on the team, veterans need they need the result. They need the win. That's how. That's the validation. That's where they're at in their career. Young guys need the win, too, but they need the muscle memory to say, oh, I did, I did. the film matches up with what happened on the field. And those things are in balance as the game goes along. And I thought it was a big step in that direction. Um, I blasted Mike Mitchell last week, so I got to give him some credit this week a little bit. Um, he was out there laying the wood. I don't know what to make of this dude, man. He's, I, I, this, this guy is like kind of you – know, I don't know what to make of this guy. Um, but, you know, it worked in our favor this week. They they were scared to go over the middle. 
And uh, I'm going to put it out there, man. Uh, in about two to three years, Artie Burns will be a defensive captain on this team. Well, he will be one of the captains. I think he's going to be a leader on this team. He just has those qualities. He does. He don't like to lose any rep, and uh, it's visible. It's palpable. Um, so we got we got some good young players, and um, hopefully we take it to Indy this Thursday, and you know go up six six and five. Anyway, thanks guys. Yeah, we'll thank you. All right, thanks. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. You know, he brings up the future of the defense, and uh, in my opinion, he, people say uh, Mike Tomlin can't draft defensive players. I think Artie Burns, I think Sean Davis, and I think Javon Hargrave are all going to be really, really good. Javon Hargrave reminds me of a very young, very raw Geno Atkins for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's very quick. He's low to the ground. He's not. He may. He needs to add some more weight and more strength to his frame, but. Sean Davis might be the best of the three, in my opinion. I just think that he has the size, the speed, physicality. He's not afraid to tackle. Um, and he's had some rough spots in his game. And Artie Burns is the same way. And people are really ripping Artie Burns' heart. And my oldest son, or my only son, he turned eight years old this weekend. And my family was in, and my dad was talking. He goes, man, that Artie Burns sucks. What a waste of a pick. And I said, Dad, Artie Burns is going to be good. He's still a rookie. People need to remember this. I mean, I don't know at what point this changed where if you're a first-round pick, you're expected to not just play. You're expected to play like a all-pro veteran. It's just not happening. So I think Artie Burns is getting some valuable experience along with Hargrave, along with Davis. Those first three picks of this draft class, man, I just think they're going to be phenomenal. I really do. And so if people just say that they can draft defense, you're looking at three players that are playing a lot, and they're not – they're not being, like, huge weaknesses. Yeah, they have moments, but they're rookies. So I think that Artie Burns has the make. He's got the build. I mean, when you watch him play, I mean, he looks like a NFL cornerback. I mean, you watch other guys uh, at times, you know, like, that guy just doesn't have that look. He doesn't have the size, he doesn't have the length. Artie Burns has it all. So uh, what are your thoughts on the rookie defenders, uh, Brian? Well, you know what, I love where Artie Burns is going. And, in fact, you know, I think I said on all three, I'm very proud of how they're playing and how they're growing, and I know they're going to be leaders on this team. So everything we're saying about Artie Burns right now on this show, I completely agree with. And I, I have felt that way for a few weeks now. I was not uh, not too keen on him. And uh, if you remember the fact that Fact and Fiction shows, the Fact and Fiction shows, and earlier in the season, I was worried about him. And I completely have changed my mind on him. In fact, I admit I was wrong on Artie Burns because now I can see the upside. He looks like an Ike Taylor, but he has better hands than Ike Taylor. He looks like he is going yeah. to grow in that role. And I think, I think he's going to be the first corner to go to the Pro Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a very long time. Probably, if I'm correct, probably the last one would be uh, – Probably Rod Woodson. I mean, uh, I'm just uh, going off the top of my head. But as far as everybody goes, I like what we have here. I, I like the way it's going, and I completely disagree. Now, I've been on Tomlin lately too, but I completely disagree with the drafting thing. And I've talked about this for years. I have a buddy that that tells me how bad they are at drafting every single year, and I argue with them. I'm like, you're not going the, – the Belichicks don't get seven – starters from every draft. It doesn't happen. You have duds in there. 
But besides Jarvis Jones, who is not a bust, by the way, he's not a stone-cold bust. He, you're, you get production, you're just not getting the production you want out of him. But besides Jarvis Jones, who has really not been productive as an early defensive pick? The only other one I could think of is Senquez Golson, and that's just been because of injury. Cam Hayward, that was a Tomlin number one draft pick. Not a bust. Stephon Tuitt, definitely not a bust. So right there, right away, that's two. Shazier, no one's going to call him a bust. They're going to complain about the fact that he's not getting on the field all the time and you can't trust whether he's going to be on the field 100% of the time. Well, when he's playing, he's absolutely magnificent. Bud Dupree had a very good rookie season. We're going to start seeing more from him. You, you can't see anything wrong about that. They have not drafted defensive backs early until, until last year in the second round and this year in the first round. So I don't know how we can say that they're not drafting on defense. They're drafting, and these guys are playing. It's just not all coming together. But maybe it's going to start to gel. Maybe they're finding their footing. So that's what I think about, I mean, the drafting issue, they know how to draft. This team actually drafts very well. And it drives me crazy when I hear people say that they And you're forgetting Mike Tomlin's first number one pick, and that's Lauren Simmons in 2007. So uh, one thing yeah, I want to talk about And the second round pick that year was pretty go darn ahead, good. Go ahead. I'm sorry, the second round pick, Lamar at... Woodley that year was pretty darn good for that team. Yes, he was, absolutely. And it just happened to be Lamar Woodley to put them in the predicament they're in now with the fact that he couldn't <laughs> stay healthy. They cut him, and now they had this outside linebacker drought. That's a story for another time. But going back to the game yesterday, one thing that I really liked about the defense was how physical they were. I mean, I saw two of the hardest hits that I've seen legally in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the last few years. Uh, Mike Mitchell's hit on Terrell Pryor over the middle was was one for the ages. Terrell Pryor is much bigger than he is. He hit him right in the shoulder, right in the ribs. Great hit. Clean. No penalty. Pryor leaves the game. I look like he got so he did a wind knock out of him or he got maybe a cracked rib. But the hit with Stefan to it on McCallum. Oh, oh, my goodness gracious. Talk about a blindside hit. I mean, it was one of those where you sat up in your chair because and it, someone put this on Twitter and it was interpreted. Uh, I can't take credit for it. And I wish I knew the handle off the top of my head, but I don't. Someone described it as it's like the video where you see the the killer whale come out of the water and like eat the seal. <laughs> they said that's exactly what it looked like because he, when Stefan to it hits you in the open field, and you can ask Duke Johnson about this because he did it to him as well. He doesn't just hit you. He takes you down, and he puts every pound of his 300-pound frame onto you. And he's done that since his rookie year. He did that in his rookie year. It was Jamal Charles with the Chiefs at Heinz Field that caused the fumble that ended up turning the tide, and the Steelers won that game. He is a beast, and that hit on McCown, very clean again, didn't hit him in the head. McCown just did not see him coming at all. And that's one that I even around, rewound for my wife. I was like, you've got to see this hit. And even she went, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was that. But uh, they're, they're, they're laying the lumber the last two weeks. It was Zeke Elliott of the, the, the Dallas Cowboys that said, 
The Steelers are the best and the most physical team we've played yet this season. Take that for what it's worth. Maybe that's just a rookie buttering up as far as the team he just played. But when a running back says that, you're hitting them hard. So uh, do you see that too? you see kind of like a change in the attitude, change in the mentality on the defensive side? Yeah, I think they rallied around the fact that uh, they knew they weren't going to have Cam Hayward anymore. And they realized that, hey, we've got to do something. We're not going to just lay down and die because we lost number 97. And it seems like guys like Stefan Tuitt said, all right, I'm taking over. It looked like Lawrence Timmons was taking over and Shazier was taking over. And even Mike Mitchell, who uh, I agree with Ken, I don't know what to make of him because I am very down on Mike Mitchell. He's not my guy, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Yesterday, played a very physical ball game, a very good ball game, and he did something that I did not expect him to do that I actually clapped for him yesterday when he went up and shook the hand and checked on Terrell Pryor. Um, that's something that uh, I always thought of him as a dirty player, but I thought that was a class move from him. So that's something I really wanted to see. I was glad to see and surprised to see. So um, kudos to him. If he can be the player that he was in year number two for the Steelers, I will, I will take him. We haven't seen that so far until week 11. So if we, could, if we could start over with him starting yesterday, I will take it. So I like where this defense is going. I know it's the Browns, but, you know, they went after it. And they went after a guy named Joe Thomas, who uh, – how many Pro Bowls does that guy have in 10 years? Almost 10. I think he has nine of them in 10 years. And uh, that's yeah. the blindside protector left in the game. So, you know what? That was a very good defense yesterday. And um, I was looking at uh, Pro Football Focus, and uh, they rated a lot of those guys high. And uh, Stefan Tuitt, though, I can't say enough about him. I'm thinking if he keeps on going that he is going to be the pro bowler. I mean, I'm not going to guarantee it, but he's the kind of guy and he's having the season and he's progressing to be a pro bowl player. And it could even start as early as 2016 if he keeps it going. Hey, sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Yeah, he doesn't really turn it on. Voting doesn't last too much longer, but still, uh, he is playing better, and that's what they've been waiting to see from him. He hadn't played well with Cam Hayward, so maybe without him, he can kind of say, you know, I'm going to step up my game, and maybe that's the difference maker. But let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. 
the little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. FrankWalkerLaw.com. That's your place to go for all your attorney needs. If you're in western Pennsylvania or northern West Virginia, FrankWalkerLaw.com. Okay. We haven't gotten many calls today. You know what? This fan base is kind of strange, but it's a holiday week. You never know what's going to happen. Let's go with our final call. Brian, I'll go ahead and let you go first. Give us your final call. It's a Steelers hangover. We'll go with the bar theme. Final call for this episode. My final call is this is the beginning of the 2016 redemption season, and it starts right now. Look, the Cincinnati Bengals are reeling. They just lost A.J. Green, albeit not for the whole year like we were thinking yesterday. You might actually see him back in the next couple weeks since he does not have a tear, but they lost Giovanni Bernard, and he's a stealer killer. He does a lot more than Jeremy Hill does against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a little bit of a break, and that's a team that is just not right right now. And so they, they can go on a roll, but they do have one of the tougher schedules in the division. And the, the Baltimore Ravens are reeling, and they do not have a very good uh, a schedule going forward. Pittsburgh has a friendly schedule at this point of the season to aim towards the playoffs. So now they have got to put it all together. They have been through highs this season. They have definitely been through lows the last four, the last four games until yesterday. So now it's to put the, get back on that high note, and uh, they definitely can do it. This is a team, and we talked about it last week, this is a team under Mike Tomlin that typically follows up a bad first half with a good second half of a season. A lot of times when they went eight and eight, two times they were two and six and two and six, and then ended up going six and two in that second half of the season. So if they can go ahead and continue and uh, with, with how many games to play with five games to play, go ahead and win those five games and even go four to one in those games, then they are going to be in very good shape. Um, or if I'm if I'm incorrect, do they have seven games left or six, Jeff? Well, they're uh, five and five, so they have six games left. Yes, they have six. So, with, with that being said, if they can go five and one in that stretch, they're definitely looking at a division win, and they're definitely looking at a home playoff. It doesn't matter if you are eight and eight or seven and nine, and you win the division, you're going to the dance. We don't want to end up being 7-9 going in there, but you have an opportunity to build for a season. It is not lost, and they have already started on that yesterday. So I'm excited. I'm rejuvenated now, and it just took one win. That's all it took for me to see that this team was not going to quit. They did not quit yesterday. If they lost that game yesterday, that was going to be evidence to me that they were quitting on the season. Obviously, they did not want to quit, and they're not going to quit. It starts by breaking the curse of Thanksgiving, going up on Thursday night to Indianapolis 
and winning and going forward. And I think it's going to happen, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the 10 and 6 is going to be the mark that if they can be 10 and 6, they're going to control their destiny. They're not going to need any help. They're going to win the division and get in the playoffs. But at 9 and 7, they're going to have to hope the Ravens lose some games. They're going to hope that, you know, tiebreakers might come into the play. And that's not what anybody wants. But I'll say this. For my final call of the night, you talked a lot about the rest of the season, the, the upcoming schedules for the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I think back to 2005 when Bill Cowher, they had lost three games in a row, and he went into the uh, the team's meeting room, and he erased every single game on the board and just put one. And every week it was just one game. It was just, this is our singular focus. And I think that's what the Steelers need to do. It's not about the Browns anymore. Just erase it. It's not about the Giants next week. It's not about the Ravens on Christmas. It's not about the Bengals after that. It's about one game at a time. And so it's this Thursday. Huge game. You win this game, and you almost get like a little mini bye week because then you're going to have ten full days before you get back to the playing. And so there's a lot of incentive to win. They can really put the hammer down on the AFC North. It's going to be fun to watch, but take it one game at a time. But take it every day, one step at a time with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're with you all the way through. We broke the news with uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, we have got film rooms coming up as well as uh, plenty of other material for you to watch, look at. And so, hey, it's a short week. Short week for readers, short week for writers. We're going to be giving you as much content as we can in a short amount of time. So make sure you check out that website early and often. Make sure you check out Brian tomorrow with his Fact or Fiction show. And then Wednesday night will be Lance Williams and myself for the standard of the standard before the Thursday night game. So, full slate of action for you at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hopefully. That's a nice bell there. Hopefully for a uh, after a Steelers victory. Actually, it might be a Friday. I think it'll be Friday. We'll see if we can fit that in. And uh, we'll Bye, see you next time on the Steelers Hangar. All right, sounds good. We'll make it work. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. All right, good night. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.